You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson, and we're chatting today. We're doing a recap on, on the elections and chatting to uh, Peter Deneke, who's the CEO of the Freedom Front Plus. Good afternoon, Peter. I trust you are well. Good afternoon, Rob. Yes, doing very well. Good afternoon, listeners. Fantastic. And I can hear you are in a busy, busy environment there at the counting center, at the IEC's counting center. Tell us a bit about that. What's happening in there? Is the excitement up? Are the boards up? There's certainly a lot of noise going on there. Definitely very, very exciting. Boards are up. We are looking at the results as they come in. Leaders of different political parties are uh, currently present. We have the leader of Action SA currently doing a press conference or a press briefing at the tables where the different political parties are. Then I see we've got from the DA, we've got Helen Ziller that is here. I see Mr. Masuya Lakota from COPE is here. Uh, former Deputy Minister Andres Nell from the ANC. I can see various members of parliament on our side. The longest serving member of parliament, Dr. Kornay Mulder, is also here. So yeah, various people that's here and that is obviously having a look at the results and uh, trying to make sense of the results, of course. Now, let's let's talk about the, those results, because I, I like the way you put they're trying to make sense of the results. The, what are we looking at now? About 58% in total that, that have been counted. But what I'm more interested in is, is uh, number one, your your performance of, of your party. Fantastic in in some, some local regions. Absolutely well done on that. But you're not the only one. There's, there's been a couple of, of others, too, that have just jumped into it. And you mentioned one there, one there Action SA. And that's an astounding performance for, for a, a brand new, new party in their first appearance. However, tell us a bit more about um, your experience in the run-up to, to these elections. Was it what you expected? What went right? What went wrong? Rob, yes, I think... Uh... As we started the process last year already by identifying candidates, uh, we found that we had various people that uh, came forward, that put their names forward, and that showed interest. However, with the whole COVID situation and the lockdowns and all of that, some of these candidates uh, became ill. Others, uh, due to other commitments, decided not to continue to run as councillors, although these people were actively involved in their communities. So to a certain extent, that had an effect on the various uh, candidates we fielded. But uh, nevertheless, we managed to uh, contest quite a number of municipalities in the country. In actual fact, more than 70% of the municipalities we managed to contest. And of course, all the metros, uh, all the wards in all the metros, we fielded candidates. And uh, we can now see that it is yielding fruit. That's absolutely wonderful. Yes. 
I'm just looking at your your local results here, especially in in Shwani. There's an incredible take take up there. You are, according to what I've got on the screen here, you're just below uh, Action SA, which again is, is is amazing for them. But if you look at your 2016 results, 0.72 percent, and now you're currently sitting on 7.61. Wow! What where where is this coming from? Where is this the major input coming from? Which which regions? I think first of all, if we uh, compare 2016 uh, to 2019. No, we seem to have lost, lost Peter. Not to worry, we'll catch up with him in, in a moment. We can just reconnect. Hi, oh, you're back, Peter. Uh, thank you, wonderful. No, I was saying uh, if we compare our results to uh, the growth we've experienced in 2019, we to a certain extent predicted that... Uh, we would see growth in this election, but I think we have so far uh, surprised ourselves, uh, specifically in areas such as Centurion. We know that the Muet area was traditionally an Afrikaans area with a lot of Afrikaans people, but what we have found over the last few months is the fact that a lot of conservative English voters, specifically from the Centurion area, decided to join the Freedom Front Plus. Uh, conservative voters who felt that it is important for them to support a party that is supporting more conservative uh, fiscal policies, more conservative uh, uh, lending, borrowing, all of those kind of uh, uh, financial policies, but also a party that has stuck to its policies since inception. And I think that is what's, what's making the Freedom Front a little bit different in the sense that we've not really uh, changed our policies over the years. And uh, we found that a lot of the English-speaking voters decided that they would rather support such a party. Now, for many years, people thought that the Freedom Front Plus was only a party for Afrikaans people. And as we continued marketing the party and showing people that we are a party that uh, supports equal rights, uh, to everybody in the country, equal linguistic rights, and we're not just here to promote the single right of Afrikaans, but we are here to protect the right of Afrikaans as much as we are protecting the right of any other language in the country. As soon as people started understanding that, we found uh, that especially English supporters felt that this is a party that they can feel at home at, and we are now seeing it, especially in Centurion with uh, more English voters there. Then, of course, in the Muet, as I already mentioned to you, our traditional Afrikaans base. But uh, we realize that something else is happening in the east of Pretoria when we took part in the by-election in Ward 44 that took place in May month. Now, in May, uh, we, in this specific ward, saw a growth from 6% in the 26, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, 3% in the 2016 election to 33% or 32% in uh, the by-election that we had in 2021. Uh, um, so that already indicated that there is definitely a change in the political atmosphere in the capital city. There, there definitely, definitely is. And uh, from from what we can pick up on on the on the ground is that it's people looking for for an alternative. There's there's no doubt about that, and a, and a reliable alternative at at that. So perhaps uh, your manifesto presented that that alternative, and 
a couple of interviews and election strategies did so too. Now, on on that note, um, how do we how do we make sure that uh, your candidates, uh, when they when they actually achieve these seats and are uh, representing us in in council, how do we make sure that they they uh, deliver on those promises? How would we hold them hold them accountable? Uh, before I tell you how to uh, hold them accountable, I just want to say <laughs> that one of the key things we told our candidates uh, candidates uh, in the training they received. Uh, they also had to write an exam, uh, was this key, key important thing. Don't promise your voters something that you're not sure you would be able to deliver. And many people, many of our voters, gets upset when they are trying to call a councillor, trying to call a public representative, and they can't get answers. Even if the answer is, I don't know, I will follow up. At least it's an answer. And we have seen that there are so many of the public representatives and councillors that is just ignoring the voters. And that is one of the key things and one of the first things that uh, we will do also with the training that our new uh, councillors will receive is the whole issue of ensuring that you actually get to your voters. When a voter is uh, trying to make contact with you to get back to the voter, to give feedback. And to that extent, uh, we are currently busy developing a uh, system, an electronic system, that will assist our voters, but also assist our councillors in ensuring that there's constant communication between the councillor and, of course, uh, between that electorate. What we did also prior to the election is we launched the website, Who is My Candidate? So that you, as uh, as voter, could already see who is your candidate in your area. And we will continue with that in the sense of who is my councillor once the person uh, is declared elected so that our, our uh, communities can get know where to find the councillor, uh, get to the councillor, and it will also assist them with um, being able to report problems to the councillor. That's a, a brilliant, a, a absolutely brilliant initiative. Well done, well done on that. I truly believe, and well, maybe I'm a bit biased in that, but you know, public participation and being involved in in your democracy is definitely the the way forward. Holding councillors and representatives uh, accountable is is without a doubt and the most important thing there. And you know, in keeping a constant contact with them, giving feedback and getting feedback from them, as you say, is is without a doubt vital to to successful governance. Now, my dear Rob, if I can quickly come in there. Yes, of course. That was one of the key things we also identified as a problem in the city of Tswane. Uh, the fact that there were no ward committees, no proper public participation process was enforced and in place in the city of Tuani. And no wonder many of the voters in Tuani decided to vote against, at that stage, the majority party, which is the Democratic Alliance. So uh, that's why we see today the two parties that is gaining momentum in Tuani, being ourselves as the Freedom Front Plus and, of course, the Action SA, taking votes away from the Democratic Alliance. And I believe that the failure to uh, ensure that a basic uh, legislative system is put in place 
namely ward committees, the failure from the DA to put that in place has cost them votes. No doubt it has. And even from, from sitting outside of politics and being in, in the civil space, we can, we can see that the more you engage and the more familiar you become with your constituents and the more uh, you engage with your representatives from the other side, the, the better the result at, at the end of the day. And you, you mentioned something there, um, which could allude to, to coalitions. There's no doubt there's going to be a coalition government in, in the Chwani area and, and in the Joburg, Joburg area too. How, how, how do you believe is the best way to a, approach a, a coalition? We learned a number of lessons uh, through the coalitions we've had with uh, the DA in uh, places such as Cape Town, start going way back to 2006. And then now more recently in Johannesburg and in Tuane. We've had an excellent working relationship with them in a place such as Hesiqua uh, uh, Municipality in the Western Cape. And that worked perfectly. But what we have found is, especially in places such as Tuane, uh, the feeling was there that it's a DA-led coalition and therefore the smaller parties or the coalition partners must do what they tell them to do. And I think that was one of the problems that we've identified. Now, one of the things that we did, uh, we went and we did a study tour. A number of political parties went to Germany to actually go and see what is the German model. If we look at, uh, at uh, the Scandinavian countries, if we look at a country such as Germany, they've had coalition governments for a number of years. Now, in South Africa, we were used to your typical Westminster style of politics where you have a strong opposition and one day you can vote for the opposition, the next day you vote for another party, almost like what they have in America. But what we found is that these countries that have uh, minority rights, report, uh, uh, respecting the rights of minorities, are actually countries where you will have uh, something like coalition governments, such as Germany. And there you do not have one party uh, overpowering the others. In actual fact, what they do Immediately after the election, when they start with their coalition uh, negotiations, they actually put a new manifesto on the table that becomes the coalition manifesto. So they will all say to one another, this is something that is important to me. Let's, ta let's take the Green Party, for instance. Environmental management and environmental issues would be important. They would put that on the table. And that will then uh, receive expression in this new manifesto that will become the coalition manifesto. And then they will speak about uh, this group. They will no longer speak about a specific party leading the, 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 uh, leading the coalition. And that is one of the key things that we will uh, look into when we now start with any possible negotiations with any other party uh, who we are, have identified we will go into a coalition with. I must say, we have, before the election said it, and we are still standing by that, we will not go into a coalition with the ANC or with the EFF, but other parties, such as uh, Action SA, such as uh, the DA, we will consider that. But we will not do it on the same basis as what we have done it in the past. We will create a brand new manifesto that will see expression of the values of the Freedom Front Plus and others that are part of this coalition, and that then will be the basis on which government 
will be uh, uh, run in such a new coalition situation. That that is music to my ears because I I fully believe that, and I've said it a number of times on on this show that in order for a coalition government to work, you need to take the politics out of it and focus purely on governance. And each party has their strengths and weaknesses, and they need to acknowledge those strengths and weaknesses and be open to to suggestion. The only way for a coalition uh, government to work is chuck chuck aside the ideology. There's no doubt about that. Focus on service delivery at a, at a municipal level. So congratulations to you for, for doing that. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick break. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 Chi FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson. We're chatting to uh, Peter Denaker, the CEO of Freedom Front Plus, around election possibilities and uh, election results and experiences. But, uh, Peter, you sidestepped a question there. (laughs) That question was, how do we hold your uh, candidates accountable once they they hold hold the step? What do we do if if, uh, your candidate or your party doesn't deliver on on those promises? Rob, first of all, within our party structures, all our candidates and all our uh, public officials whether it be the leader of the party as a member of parliament, whether it be a uh, councillor, all of them must belong to the structures of the party and must be a branch member of the party. That is, of course, where you get your mandate from within the party and where party discipline also resides. And uh, what we've done and what we've always said is Uh, There's a certain code of conduct that our councillors should uh, comply with. The moment uh, you join up as a public representative or you put your name forward to become a public representative, you actually sign this code of conduct. And as part of that is the whole issue of being available to deliver services. And should any resident actually have complaints of our councillors not rendering the services, those complaints will be sent through to the local branch structure where it will be investigated and then of course uh, to the provincial structures. Now I must say to you we live unfortunately in a political world and we have seen it in the past where you will find people just because they don't like the Freedom Front Plus they will start to attack its councillors and uh, because there are certain people in other political parties that's aware of the fact that our candidates and our councillors must all belong to branches, they often misuse this. And uh, there is this whole process of uh, um, justice system uh, or a just system within our party where if there is a complaint lodged, it will be investigated. But I must say to you honestly, We're not just going to take any, I don't want to call it uh, petty complaint. Uh, You know, there should be substance to the complaint. Uh, We will take that serious. But we will not be allowing members from other political parties just to come and undo the good work of our councillors 
just because they are jealous of our party. So there's a, there's a system, system in place. And part of what I mentioned earlier on, where we will uh, have this uh, um, opportunity where the community will be able to interact online with a counsellor, that's part of it. Um, if we see any complaints coming through with the communities, we definitely take that up with our counsellors. So that's one of the key things that we have in place already. Um, but that's not to say that we will just allow any funny complaint um, without necessarily for, uh, taking a just approach to it. That's great news. And, and again, uh, music to my ears. What, what's, there's nothing better than, than an open and transparent transparent system. So perhaps perhaps there should be a live dashboard of open complaints and solved complaints and and so on, where we can actually the public can actually immediately see uh, what's going on in their ward, who's accountable, who's resolved issues, and and who hasn't. That'd be that'd be a, a wonderful 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 thing to implement to promote accountability and transparency again. But yeah, any, anything else, Peter? It's, it, what are the results looking like now? The noise seems to have picked up there. It's great sound. Let me quickly say earlier on when we started, you mentioned a certain percentage and you said that uh, that percentage of votes have already been counted. Uh, the report we received from the IEC is that the counting process has now finished. So all ballots were counted. And how it then works, once it's been counted, it's captured on the online system that the IEC has got. Then the results sheets that is being signed off by the different party agents is scanned, it's uploaded, and then we have independent auditors that's verifying these results. Here at the IEC Results Center, we as political parties can also view these results sheets and make double sure that what has been captured on the results sheet that was signed off by our party agents uh, we also encourage our party agents to send us photos of those results sheets, that that is actually what is captured uh, on the on the uh, electronic system of the IAC. So there is a way to have an oversight role in this, and uh, that's why we are also here to, to monitor that process. So once that is uh, done, the slip has been sent through, it's been audited, uh, and it's received the okay and there's no complaints, then only it appears on the board and it will show you that it's a result that has been captured. Currently, we are standing at 67% of all voting stations that has been captured and been released. That's about uh, 15,582 of the 23,148 voting stations where the voting district uh, process is now being completed. If we look at municipalities, currently uh, there's still 102 municipalities where there are certain results that's not finalized and not appearing on the board. So we still have a little while to go. None of the metros have been declared, so we are still looking at that. Um, but uh, maybe I can just give you a quick feedback uh, interesting, if we look at the support on the board based on votes, it exactly tallies uh, for the top five parties as what we see in the National Assembly. Currently in the National Assembly, the party with the most uh, support or the most members 
of course, being the African National Congress. And they are currently also leading on the board here at the Results Center with 46% of the vote, followed by the Democratic Alliance with 22% of the vote. In the third place, similar as in Parliament, the Economic Freedom Fighters with 10%, then in Qatar, Freedom Party with 4.6%, and in the fifth position, exactly like we have it in Parliament, the Freedom Front Plus with 2.61% of the vote. And uh, this 2.61% that we see here is already more than the percentage we received in uh, the election last year. That's or very, the year before that. Absolutely, and it's, it's rather interesting results. Because there's no doubt that local elections are a reflection on the upcoming nationals. So we, I think we're in for a rather interesting time going forward. So we're going to take a, a, a quick break and then we'll come, come back to a fantastic conversation and, and revealing matters here. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to the 101.9 We're finishing up the conversation with Peter Deneker, CEO of the Freedom Front, about how the election process went, the results expected, and so on. If you missed the show, make sure to catch up with the podcast, which is available on Spotify or on our website at www.ifm.com. Now, Peter, we've got about two or three minutes left. What uh, sorry, Rob, can you just repeat your question? I battle to hear you. <laughs> Shame, yeah, that's a good thing with all the noise in the background. It's wonderful. It means there's activity. I'm just asking, what is your uh, what are your plans for the future going forward from here? What do the Freedom Front have, have in the pipeline for us? Well, first of all, Rob, I think uh, the important thing is to uh, continue to help our communities, to render services, especially after a local government election. Uh, that is why we have uh, local government elections. The level of government or the sphere of government that's the closest to the people, to many of our new councillors and new journeys starting in a day or two's time where they will officially represent people and ensuring that services are delivered. We know it's going to be a challenge. We understand that there are many, many challenges facing our municipalities, but we know our councillors will uh, keep the municipalities accountable. Uh, they will not stand back and allow some of the things that has happened in the recent past under the ANC and also under the DA. We will make sure that the oversight role of councillors are taken serious and that services will be delivered. And if services are not delivered, there should be consequences. Uh, those people in uh, administration, those municipal workers, that's thinking they're in for an easy ride, not where the, count, where the Freedom Front Plus is in a council. Here we will start to keep you responsible because it's our taxpayers that's paying your salaries and it's our taxpayers that's also paying the salaries of our councillors and uh, we will ensure that, uh, of course, we keep them accountable and that we start to deliver services. So that's what's happening in the, the future in a few, few days' time. Lovely, lovely, and that is great. Peter, it was absolutely wonderful to chat to you. 
Unfortunately, we've run out of time, as, as we do. But best of luck, and we will maybe catch up again when the, the count has been, has been finalized. Uh, wish you best of luck, and enjoy your day further. Thank you so much, Europe. Goodbye, and goodbye to the listeners.